Project Pelvic Health Podcast. So excited to have you joining us today. I'm so excited to introduce you to my special guest. Her name is Casey Garcia. She is a clinical nutritionist here at Village Fitness and Physical Therapy. And she's going to talk to us a little bit today about all things nutrition with pregnancy and postpartum, how moms can set themselves up for success regarding those things. So hey, Casey, Hello. thanks for joining me. Very excited to be here. Thank you, Dr. Erica. Oh, yes. So we'll just start out with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, your education, your journey to what you're doing now. Great. So I am a clinical nutritionist. Started out in undergrad. I did biochem, pre-med thing. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of veered course from med school. I Mm -hmm. fell into nutrition a little bit. And I have my own clinical practice, but... More recently, I am director of nutrition here at Village. So exciting. Yes, love it. Um, and I've been an adjunct professor at Azusa Pacific University for a couple years. Teaching nutrition. Teaching nutrition. Wonderful. Yeah. So good. Um, so tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about nutrition and nourishment and all the things that kind of fall under that really big umbrella. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, so I was uh, at the end of my undergrad career and I was applying to med school which is an awful process if you've ever yeah, I don't think I interfaced that with that you. yeah and I was having a lot of health issues mm. that doctors were not able to figure out I was having like massive cystic acne mm. like so bad so so bad it was such a hit to my confidence and my social life Mm. it was like really permeating into a lot of things but it set me on a journey to figure it out to figure it out by myself so I started understanding female hormones and I would go to the vitamin shop in my neighborhood like every week with graphs and charts expecting that these guys who worked at vitamin shop would like know what I was talking about they're kind of like what 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 is this what (laughs) And I tried so many different diets and I bought like thousands of dollars worth of supplements. Mm. And it it turned out that it was my birth control that was causing the issue. It was like Mm. a really delayed onset response nine months into a birth control. But regardless, it was um, it started me on my journey towards helping other people understand the power that they have over their own health. Yes. And so from there, I went to grad school for nutrition. I went to this really amazing integrative health program Mm. that combined many different paradigms of health. So Western medical, but also lots of Eastern practices. Mm. Um, And I just love it. I love talking about food and health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. So did you figure that out after you came off birth control? Was that kind of like what clued you into that was what the cause was? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe I'll just try stopping everything. Yeah. And then it all cleared up. Yeah. Just like that. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, can you tell us a little bit about some of the gaps you see in mom's diets who are pregnant? I think a lot of moms are fearful of gaining too much weight or giving into cravings and they want to make sure they're consuming enough calories to nourish their growing baby but they also have this fear of developing gestational diabetes I feel like there's just a lot of gray area and I know it's probably different for everyone but what are some of the biggest gaps that you see in this population yeah absolutely I think I just want to start off by saying I have never made a human 
So <laughs> I commend all people who have made humans and I can't begin to understand what it feels like to be in that process. Mm. And so just a disclaimer, all of this information is from my experience with people who have made humans mm -hmm. and also just from school and textbooks and research, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I bow down to you, <laughs> you warrior women. Same. Yes. <laughs> I think the biggest disconnect that I see is that it doesn't seem like people are focused on food quality enough. Mm. And a lot of times the questions that I get asked about, am I eating enough? Uh, are my snacks the right snacks? Are, do, do I have enough protein? Am I getting enough fiber? Those questions can actually be answered by just simplifying and saying, focus on the highest quality food you can afford. Mm. And that principle lies in the idea that at its root, the food that you eat becomes you and it becomes your baby. And so if you can go for the local farmer's market, grass-fed, pasture-raised, organic food, mm. the vibrational energy of that food will make a big difference. And you're not going to be asking uh, how much what's a serving size of potato chips anymore you're just gonna feel nourished and satiated and comfortable and a lot of times we get stuck in this trap of like counting macros and mm -hmm. worrying about carbs and worrying about grams of things but your body is wise mm -hmm. and so if you can eat really good quality food slowly mindfully in community and enjoy it a lot of those other kind of like high superfluous questions will just melt away. Mm, that's wonderful. That's lovely. Um, you talk a little bit about really good food and like well-sourced. Can you, and you touched upon it briefly, but can you kind of describe a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, great question again. Uh, so I think if you start thinking about plants, let's talk about plants first. The soil that plants are grown in makes a huge difference in what that food becomes. So uh, a corn that's grown on a monocropped uh, plot of corn has a totally different nutrient profile than corn that's an heirloom variety that was grown in your local neighborhood. Hmm. So going for things that were grown in your area, which also means eating seasonally, and maybe not reaching for a grapefruit in the middle of winter if you live in mm. Maryland. Mm. Uh, that's a big part of it. So is that your story, Casey? It's totally, you know, <laughs> I grew up in Maryland and citrus is terrible there. Mm. It's bummer. really. <laughs> Such a bummer. I thought I hated oranges until I moved to California. Yeah, and then you walked through all these citrus groves here. Yes. Wow. Okay, so plants. We want to get organically grown plants, that means they might have had some natural pesticides used on them to prevent uh, insects, but they weren't uh, large-scale monocropped, like sprayed with a plane overhead. If you can grow your own plants, oh my gosh, even better. Yeah, game changer. Game changer. And then animals. We want to try and buy animals that have been treated with respect. And when you buy animals as food that were, you know, raised in a warehouse where they had one square foot of space and no access to sunlight, and they were fed corn and soy, 
like we could talk about the difference in essential fatty acid content, the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, pro-inflammatory quality of that food, the fact that that food has tumors that you're mm. eating. But I think what's more important is just knowing that the way that an animal was treated and brought up, your body is wise. It can detect mm. that. Mm. So at its root, eating those really poorly maintained, unethically raised animals, it's going to be detrimental to your health and it's not going to set you and your baby up for success. Mm, mm. So expensive as it is, it's really important to get local, if you can, if not pasture-raised, reputable sources of meat and dairy and eggs. Okay. So let's say mom is walking through a grocery store. What is she looking for? What is she, or are there certain resources that she can go to to kind of help her figure out what's in season, where, like what farms, or what what is well sorted? Like, what should she be looking for when she goes to the grocery store? Yeah. So, depending on where you shop, it's harder. Okay. Um, so, if you're shopping at a chain store like a Safeway, Vons, it's the same store with a different name. Mm-hmm. It's it's harder. You have to use a little more discernment and a little bit more of your senses. So smelling things, mm-hmm. looking at colors that might be irregular, looking at packaging. If a meat is in a package that's been puffed up, like if the saran wrap is puffed out, it means it's been treated with gases before it was packaged for freshness. That is so interesting. I did not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the designations, the labels. So... Uh, Whole Foods does this really nice welfare rating scale so you can very clearly see what the level of consideration was when Mm -hmm. raising the animal. Mm -hmm. But at a place like Vons or Safeway or even like a Ralph's or Albertsons, Albertsons, yes, it's much harder. And, And those meats might not be worth it. It might actually, if you can't afford to get a really good meat, I would eat less meat. I would focus more on the the plants and the veggies. Mm. So what about protein? Because there aren't animals sources of protein. Yes. These are questions I get. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> animals, I believe that animals are a very healthy part of the human diet. To the point, uh, from the point before, unless they aren't really the same animal. If they're raised in a factory okay. farm, it's not the same food. Mm. So if you don't have access or you can't afford really good high quality animal products, you can get plenty of protein in sprouted tofu. Mm-hmm. awesome source of protein in nuts in seeds chia seeds sesame seeds flax seeds you can get them in grains so going with your um, sprouted green breads and your sprouted greens that you cooked as a b- beautiful salad with fresh herbs and mm-hmm. olive oil and some broccoli mm. Sounds delicious. Yeah, there's definitely, there are ways to get enough protein without animal products in your diet. Mm. Humans are resilient. Humans have thrived for millennia on many different diets. And so, you know, if if Icelandic people can thrive on fermented shark meat and potatoes, (laughs) then you can get enough protein in a diet that's low in animal products. All right. Sold. That sounds great. Um, Okay, next question. Are there certain foods moms can be consuming to help prep them for the big event and marathon of labor and delivery? We often talk about in pelvic PT that birth is a trauma. It is a very traumatic event to our body. So are there certain ways that moms can eat to help prepare them for that? 
Yes, absolutely. And it's kind of the same approach that I would coach anybody who's going through a trauma, like you Mm -hmm. said. Oftentimes, delivery is a surgery. So you have to think about it like that. And so loading yourself with as much nutrient-dense food as possible is a really good approach for that. Fish, Mm. wild-caught salmon, get your... um, like really good quality uh, small fish in sardines, maybe some fatty mackerel, nuts and seeds, mm-hmm. another good source of fatty acids as well as minerals. Uh, definitely, if you can tolerate yogurts or fermented foods, oh my gosh, fermented foods, get those in. Studies show that you have to eat fermented foods on a regular basis for them to have the biggest impact. Mm. And if you consider that a vaginal birth is the first opportunity for your baby to have a a whole microbiome, Mm. then you really want to be setting up your vaginal microbiome for as much rich biodiversity as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. So getting in your fermented either dairy or even coconut yogurt, Mm. um, getting in your sauerkraut and your kimchi and your fermented pickles and your chocolate and your sourdough bread, all of those things are going to help Uh, the richness of your vaginal microbiome and studies show that babies who are born cesarean section they don't have that opportunity to have that uh, first introduction to be colonizing Mm -hmm. their microbiome which is not to say that they're like doomed you know it's okay if you had a c-section there's other ways yes for sure but it's always a good idea to set yourself up. Even if you know that you're going to have a cesarean section, it's still going to help your immune system as you're getting ready for delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, but also really important for moms to know because I feel like a lot of the time moms are given the option. You know, we're mm-hmm. hearing more and more nowadays that people have the option to schedule their C-section. And so I feel like this is just another gap in the education for women with what you could potentially be missing out on if you yeah. do choose to have a C-section over a vaginal birth. Absolutely. So super powerful information. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on, can you just explain a little bit about what a microbiome is for our listeners? Yeah. A microbiome is a collection of genetic material of uh, microbes that could be bacteria, viruses, parasites that make up the environment in your body and you have different microbiomes and different organ systems so you have a microbiome of your mouth you have mm. a microbiome of your gut you have a microbiome of your vagina and we're actually just at the very forefront of understanding this at all mm-hmm. so very likely in the next 10 to 15 years we're going to be characterizing the importance and the difference between the microbiome on different organ systems and so the best ways to promote your microbiome health, especially in your gut and your vagina, is by eating fermented foods on a regular basis, every single day. Mm. There's lots of research that shows women who eat fermented dairy products have a much uh, more diverse and healthier uh, microbiome. That's so awesome. Yeah. So what are some what are some ways that you get that in every day, you personally? Oh, yeah. I love kefir. Okay. I get my kefir. I really like to add pickled things, Mm -hmm. um, fermented pickles, which is, they're different than just pickles. Okay. Big difference. So if you buy pickles at the grocery store, they are not fermented. They're just regular pickles. They're just pickles. They're preserved (laughs) in vinegar. But you can also pickle things by fermenting them. Hmm. And that's allowing that um, growth of organisms that produce lactic acid to preserve the food Mm. rather than putting the vinegar in there, which reduces the growth of bad microbes. 
got it. And it's easy to make pickles yourself. Yeah. So make your own pickle. <laughs> got it. Um, and chocolate. I love chocolate. Like any chocolate or dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yes. I like to go 90 to 95%. Okay. Yep. Yep. What's the risk someone runs if they eat Hershey's milk chocolate? How is that different than the chocolate you are talking about? I don't think Hershey's milk chocolate has any fermentation value. Okay. If I had to guess. Okay. Probably a lot of sugar as well. Probably a lot of sugar. Yeah. If you can go for the best milk chocolate quality, say you love milk chocolate, but you're forcing yourself to eat a square of dark chocolate. And then even though you ate that square of dark chocolate, you end up eating the milk chocolate as well. Mm -hmm. You're better off eating the milk chocolate. Really? In the first place. Yeah. Okay. So eat the things that you like and try and shift those things towards the healthiest options you can. What I'm hearing from you, Casey, is that I feel like the approach you take with a lot of your clients is a lot less focusing on like restricting things and more about like freedom within someone's diet. Absolutely. Which is super different than what, you know, we hear a lot of the time from other people who are nutritionists or dietitians. So can you tell me, this is a little bit off script here, but can you tell me a little bit about like how you came to that approach with your with your clients and your people. Yeah, I know from myself and from the women in my life that restriction only leads to cycles of fasting and feasting Mm. uh, in a negative way, Mm -hmm. typically. Not in like a normal human seasonal fasting and feasting way, which can happen too. In more of like, I can only eat 1,300 calories today and I'm going to do that for four days and then I'm going to break. And then on the fifth through eighth day, I'm going to eat 3,000 calories. And overall, that approach comes out uh, not in your favor. Mm-hmm. If you just, it's more harmful than health than helpful, helpful, helpful. Both. Both. <laughs> it's so much better to say I'm going to actually eat the food, the calories, the nutrients that my body needs to thrive every single day. And when you do that, typically you stop having those cravings, you stop having those binging cycles. Mm-hmm. And you're more able to control the quality of the food because you're not so ravenous or your willpower is so depleted that Mm -hmm. you just go to in and out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think the anti-diet is definitely my approach. Okay. Let's get as much nourishing food in and crowd out the things that maybe aren't as helpful. So good. So good. All right. What are some of the biggest gaps you see in postpartum moms? What can they be consuming more or less of to optimize their energy as they are probably sleep deprived and they're caring for a newborn or maybe multiple children? Yeah. Wow. So much to juggle. And I just want to reiterate, I I haven't been there (laughs) and I can't really imagine all of the competing factors, not to mention your healing. Mm your hormones are in a state of chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, postpartum depression is more of the norm than the exception these days. Yes. And so I think a couple of things right off the top, get a meal service. Mm. Any you recommend? Set yourself up for success. Yeah. I recommend any meal service that is within your budget mm-hmm. and that has some good healthy food options that are made of whole foods. Okay. That could be dinnerly, that could be Green Chef, it could be Sun Basket. Um, or something local, mm-hmm. if you can just pick up the meals locally and freeze them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get a, a produce box or you can order your groceries 
through uh, like Imperfect Produce. Mm-hmm. I really love them. Mm-hmm. Or uh, even just your local store, but somebody else shops for you and delivers them to you. Don't be a superhero. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that enough. Take the shortcuts. Yes. It's okay. There's mm-hmm. nothing to be guilty about. Right. And if you have somewhat healthy options on hand, you're going to be so much better off than if you're scrambling for every meal, mm. reaching for the mac and cheese because it's easy. Yeah. So good. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Kind of a follow-up to what we were talking about earlier, but um, birth is a trauma. So are there certain foods moms can make sure to try to incorporate into their diets to help their body heal? Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of the things that are good for pre-delivery are also good for postpartum. Okay. So healthy fats, omegas, very important for reducing inflammation and for healing. Vitamin C is critical for collagen formation, Mm. along with magnesium and zinc. Mm -hmm. And magnesium and zinc are pretty easy. They come in whole foods. So nuts and beans and green things Mm -hmm. and then also antioxidants in general vitamin c is an antioxidant Mm -hmm. but it's not good to just cherry pick different nutrients necessarily okay and anything that's brightly colored like red peppers strawberries green bright green asparagus Mm -hmm. collard greens um, those brightly colored fruits and vegetables are packed with antioxidants. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be really critical for you, not to mention fresh herbs. So if you go with mm. like um, a produce box or a meal prep service and you can just sprinkle on some cilantro or some basil at the end, those fresh herbs and spices are going to be really helpful for your antioxidant boost. Got it. What about bone broth? Ah. Love bone broth. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Yeah. I love to make my own bone broth, but you can buy it. There's lots of good brands that are um, made from good quality bones. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as the animal stuff. So if you buy bone broth that's cheap, it's probably worse for you than not having the bone broth at all. Okay. And what are the benefits of bone broth? Yeah. Bone broth is rich in hyaluronic acid and collagen. Mm. It's uh, basically just the bare minerals the bare essential minerals that you need to rebuild and repair. Okay. So Super important. bone broth. So just a little aside, my husband had some major surgery and I put him on this whole regimen, liver mm. in the form of pate every single day, pre and post-op for several months, mm-hmm. bone broth, homemade bone broth every single day, uh, vitamin D, extra vitamin D because he was bound in the house. He yeah. couldn't go into the sun and he healed like Wolverine. Wow. His doctor was like, you are in the top, top percentage of healers I have ever seen. Oh, my word. And he's a sports physician. Wow. I was like, pat myself on the yeah, back. Go you can't Casey. see me, but I'm patting myself. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then what about, so you mentioned magnesium, certain things like that also come in supplement form what is your take or opinion on that yes so if you are not eating a whole foods diet with fresh fruits and veggies and cooked foods and animal products that's it's critical to get Mm -hmm. yourself on that path Mm -hmm. however multivitamins prenatal vitamins are a really good insurance method Mm. it's kind of like just in case I'm not either getting the nutrients I need from my food or absorbing the nutrients I need from my food, mm-hmm. let's have this thing on reserve to kind of back us up and, and make a really solid foundation. 
So I would say keep taking your prenatal mm. after you deliver. Mm -hmm. Switch over to a different formula after six, well, after you're done breastfeeding, really. And then you also reminded me of a really important point, hydration. Mm -hmm. Before and after, we really need to be hydrating. Yes. And the missing element, doctors will say drink three liters of water, like something yeah. crazy. Yeah. But actually, it's really important that your water has enough electrolytes in it so that you hold on to the water. Okay. I often hear, oh my gosh, I drink like a liter of water a day, two liters of water a day. I feel like I'm just peeing all the time. Right. I'm thirsty. And so probably what's happening is that your water is stripped of all of its mineral content, which is very unnatural, and your body can't hold on to it. Hmm. So if you don't have enough salt, magnesium, calcium, potassium, all of these electrolytes coming into your body, you can think of it as like a leaky bucket. Hmm. The water just runs through. It doesn't actually permeate well. You don't hydrate well. So something that you can do to correct this is to put just a little pinch of sea salt into your water, maybe a squeeze of lemon juice to cover it up if you're really sensitive to the, the saltiness. Mm -hmm. You probably won't even notice it, though. And that can help improve the mineral content and hydration. Okay, so good. Little tips and, tips and tricks yes. that you would never think about. Um, all right. Are there certain foods to help with milk production for moms? Um, and are there distinctions between moms who are breastfeeding what they should be eating versus moms who are not breastfeeding and what they should be eating? Are there big differences? Is it pretty similar? Or are there certain things that they kind of need to be paying attention to? If you are breastfeeding, you still need to be eating extra protein in your diet, just like when you were preparing for delivery, especially mm -hmm. later in the pregnancy term. So keep up with your added 25 grams of protein a day, which really is just an extra serving of chicken. It's an extra uh, two egg, well, three egg, something like that, three, four <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Only an extra four eggs. Okay. I would go with the animal-based proteins. It's okay. easier to get that extra boost in. Yeah. If you're not breastfeeding, protein is still important, but you don't have to push it. You can just go back to your normal intake. Okay. Same thing with the hydration. If you're breastfeeding, you need to really focus on hydration. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, it's not quite as critical. You don't need as extra fluid as you would if you were breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there are some foods that can boost lactation. Yes. What are those? Yeah. So while I'm researching these things, I'm always keeping in mind like what is being told from generation to generation mm -hmm. of women versus what's been proven in medical literature because the literature often leaves women out. There's not much research about lactation in mm. our westernized medical Just so unfortunate. Um, body of work. Yes. So you might see things like galactagogues, and that's like blessed thistle, fennel, fenugreek, brewer's yeast, oats, alfalfa. They don't have a lot of research. Hmm. And so if you Google it, it's going to be like, this isn't real. But these are these are pearls of wisdom that have been passed down mm. to help women accomplish this goal. So I think it's worth a shot. If you're having trouble with milk production, I would try those things for sure. And those things aren't, they're not bad for you. No, so. no. Usually it's a tea, yeah. uh, except for oats. You just eat oats. Mm -hmm. That's pretty easy. Uh, and then hydration is really critical. To, mm -hmm. If you're not producing milk well, you could be underhydrated. You could be under stress. Okay. Stress is going to be probably are. <laughs> yeah. Stress is going to really impede your breast milk production. Yeah. 
which is hard for new moms yeah so hard for new moms um so a lot of the time with in our conversations i know that we've been noticing that when you've been meeting with some of the moms that i've been working with they'll share that their baby has an aversion to dairy um they're not tolerating any dairy and that's kind of being translated through their breast milk um so what are some ways that moms can make sure they're getting enough healthy fats and what she needs to make sure that she is getting those things without doing dairy for the sake of baby um are there things she should be consuming more of to kind of help bridge that gap yeah so if you're avoiding dairy you might be missing out on opportunities for calcium and protein those are probably the two main things so i would definitely recommend almonds are very rich in protein Uh, tofu if you can do like a sprouted tofu even better chicken beef if you eat pork and shellfish you can go for those and then also chickpeas chia seeds those are really good plant-based sources of protein wonderful um side note sesame seeds are an excellent source of calcium so if you like hummus you get chickpeas for protein you get tahini with the sesame seeds so it's like a really good post-delivery food that's awesome yeah so if someone is gonna buy hummus We've also talked a little bit about oils. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that, what they should be looking out for? Yes. We really want to, whenever possible, avoid these toxic oils. And those are the three S's and the three C's. Mm -hmm. The S's are sunflower, safflower, and soybean oil. And the three C's are corn oil, cottonseed oil, and canola oil. And the reason that we avoid those is because those foods are oxidized in the process of their um, their pressing, their mechanical pressing or heating. And the oxidation, basically, it breaks down the fat so that they function as very inflammatory in the body. Mm. And a lot of foods are made with them because they're cheap, they're shelf-stable, they create different textures in processed foods that you might not get otherwise. So when you're buying hummus, you want to make sure that it's olive oil. Okay. Yep. What about avocado oil, coconut oil? Those are great too. Yeah. Okay. So if you think about foods that are naturally oily, they're probably safe. Hmm. The only one that's kind of a different, like uh, opposes that idea is the sunflower oil. And the reason that sunflower oil is toxic as a pressed oil is because it's really rich in polyunsaturated fatty acids. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's more delicate. It has the opportunity to break down during processing. Interesting. What about peanut oil? Peanut oil is, it's kind of like a good and bad. So Mm. it depends on the manufacturing process. I would say it's like a neutral. If it's in something you love, maybe keep doing it and eating it unless you can find a better alternative Mm -hmm. but i would never choose it as a first choice okay last oil because i have there's so many oils i know Uh, what about sesame oil sesame oil is great it's also delicate though Mm. so you don't want to cook with sesame oil got it it's a finishing oil so interesting okay or like a marinating oil Mm, yeah okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um all right so next question just a few more here What would you say to a mom who is tired? She feels like she doesn't have time to eat well because she's caring for a newborn. Maybe she has a few other kids to take care of and feed, and she often puts her own well-being and care on the back burner so that she can just give and serve others who depend on her. She's burnt out. She's stressed. She feels like there's nothing left in the tank. What would be your words of wisdom to her? 
Wow, I really feel for her. That was such a heartbreaking description. I know. Gosh. But it's so true. I yeah. mean, I feel like it's unfortunately most of the moms who walk through my door and yeah. who end up on my table. They're carrying the weight of the world on them. Yeah. Yeah. I would say go for simplicity. Mm. We talked about high quality foods, but the caveat to that is food is still good. Yeah. All food is good food. It's keeping you alive. So if you don't have the, the faculty to think about a super high-quality grass-fed, organic, home-cooked meal, that's also okay. Mm-hmm. So go for simplicity. Go for the foods that you can actually access. And I would say ask for help. Mm-hmm. Get your tribe together. If people ask how they can help you, ask them to make you food before delivery and freeze it. So good. Try and have things on hand. Uh, ask your church for help if mm-hmm. you have a place of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even try, there's a bunch of different organizations where people will home cook and gift you meals. One that I volunteer for is called Lasagna Love. Mm-hmm. So people who need a lasagna just sign up and every once in a while I get someone local and I make them a lasagna. That's so sweet. And But that could be you. And so yeah. it's okay to ask for help. Yes. Yes, so good. Um, Anything else you feel like it would be important for a new mom or a future mom to know just as she's processing all this information? There's so much information out there, and it can be so exhausting to kind of filter through it to know what's helpful, what may not be true. Anything that you would want to say to her? Yeah, I think following your intuition is always going to be the most helpful tool. Mm. So if you are someone like me who wants to research and do everything perfectly, this may not be the time for that. Mm. It may be the time for you to be uh, using the resources that you have available to you that are easy, Mm -hmm. asking for help, taking what's available, and trying to release any guilt that you feel associated with the choices you're making. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we get to the point where we're so focused on being perfect, especially with food, It's this idea of orthorexia. It's this hyper-focused awareness on every single little thing that's going into our body. Mm. And the stress of that is actually more detrimental than the benefits of what you're eating. Yeah. So there's like a tipping point. If you're stressed out about every single meal and choice, that's a problem. Mm. So yes, go for the best food you can. And at the same time, allow yourself some grace during this extremely challenging healing shifting time it's a whole new season of your life Mm -hmm. and so it warrants a little bit of uh, relaxation on some of maybe your more challenging points which if you're like me is really hyper focusing on your food yeah yeah so good and I feel like just the world we live in and the culture that we live in especially for new moms I feel like there's just a lot of pressure and um yeah, just pressure to make all the right choices and do all the right things, not only for yourself, but for this baby that you're creating. That can be exhausting and really stressful. So I appreciate how freeing what you have to say is for, I know, a lot of moms who are listening to this. So really, really helpful. Um, Do you have any resources that you would say hey, if moms are like wanting to like research certain things or um, just like look up different 
seasonal vegetables or like foods in season like are there any resources that are kind of your go-tos when educating clients or patients on these kinds of things you know I do a lot of research and make a lot of handouts Mm -hmm. for my clients Mm -hmm. the pediatrics research journal is a really good um, published journal awesome but if you're not somebody who really likes to read research that might not be a good solution for you Mm -hmm. Um, you can always find me and talk to me more at Village Fitness and Physical Therapy in Glendora. And uh, part of our eight-week postpartum package mm. is a nutrition session. Yes. And so I get the pleasure to talk to all of the moms who come through with Dr. Erica. And that's just such a joy. It's really lovely mm. to talk to them. Yeah, it's such a joy for me too because when they come back and after they've had this session with you they're so excited and they feel so empowered and it really is so tailored to what they need and what they're experiencing whether they're breastfeeding or they're not depending on how far out they are after having their baby whenever they meet with you they come back with really Aww. specific things that they want to work on and try to implement it's so nice and then they I'm have glad all to these hear that. cute little recipes that they get to try yes. it's so fun they love it so that's great Thank you for all that you do, Casey. You're changing the world. I'm thankful for you and just for how you care for others and serve others so well. So thanks for joining me today. It's my pleasure. All right. For those of you listening, thanks for tuning in and catch us next time on Project Public Health. (laughs) 